From Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground. Two weeks after the U.S. Congress disgraced itself by denying freight railroad workers seven days of sick leave, rail workers and their supporters rallied on Capitol Hill and across the country for what they said is a basic human right. We do live in the richest country on the face of the planet, and no worker should have to choose between their health and a paycheck. And the denial of these rights to workers was made by rich corporate lawmakers who have unlimited sick days and platinum health care plans paid for by the tax dollars of American people. The billionaires in this country have never had it so good while workers in terms of wages and working conditions are falling further behind. When we fight, we win! When we fight, we win! Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital. I'm Esther Averam. Well, members of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers and their supporters rallied on Capitol Hill on Tuesday, December 13th to say the fight is not over for the basic right to have sick leave. These rail workers labor under hazardous conditions for freight rail corporations making billions in record profits. On December 1st, the Senate defeated legislation already passed in the House, which would have ensured that freight rail workers had seven days of sick leave. And they voted to force workers to accept a contract with only one sick day annually, already rejected by a majority of the workers. The rally was also timed to coincide with hearings held by the Surface Transportation Board investigating the Union Pacific Corporation, and as the Federal Railroad Administration is investigating the corporate practice of staffing freight trains with only one conductor. A statement from the Transportation Trades Department of the AFL-CIO said, quote, With no sick leave for workers, rail companies' greedy business operating model, known as precision scheduled railroading, has devastated the nation's rail labor workforce and pushed the U.S. supply chain to the brink twice since September, end quote. For this hour, we will hear a variety of voices from workers, labor leaders, and members of Congress rallying on Capitol Hill and vowing to continue the fight for what feels like a bellwether case for labor rights in the United States. We begin with Representative Pramila Jayapal of Washington State, Mark Diamondstein, President of the American Postal Workers Union, Jared Cassidy, National Legislative Director for the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers, and Representative Jamal Bowman of New York. Profits, 
six of them spent more than 146 billion on stock buybacks and dividends. Worker pay only increased by 14% thanks to the great negotiation that you all did in the contract, but CEOs doubled their salaries. And as they raked in profits, real companies laid off 30% of the workforce over the past six years. So much with too little. And so I'm here to say that our members have been standing strong. We know that we want to be in solidarity with you as you continue to negotiate contracts that lift people up, that you continue to negotiate contracts that allow you to take care of your families and be safe. We've had railway accidents over in the western part of the country where I'm from. I think just about every member of Congress has seen that your safety is compromised right now because we do not have enough people on crew to, to stand there and be able to take even time off to be able to take care of your health and to be able to work shifts that allow you to fully pay attention to what you're doing. It's not right. And so I'm here to say that on behalf of our over 100 members, we're about half of the Democratic caucus now in the Progressive Caucus, very, very proud that we are always at the center of fighting for unions, fighting for the PRO Act, fighting for collective bargaining, fighting for rights on the job, fighting for fair wages, for fair benefits, because, brothers and sisters, we do not have a scarcity problem in the United States of America. We have a corporate greed problem. you to know that we are standing strong. You can count on us. Six days for signal men, people over profit support rail workers. We are with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Every worker should have paid sick leave. And the people of this country deserve the safest possible trains coming through our communities, right? Yeah. So we're proud to stand with you. You were there, just like so many other workers and postal workers and so many others throughout this tragic pandemic. Essential workers, lauded, supported, and we're not going to put up with being called essential one day and expendable the next day. Look, we also need to tell it like it is. Congress was wrong to put their finger on the scale for these Robert Barron Railroad CEOs and their billions of dollars of profit and put their finger on the scale for the corporations and against the workers. But now Congress can fix it. And that's where we're out here in part today to demand the unfinished work that they should have done to begin with. They took away your power. They took away your leverage. But it's not gone. You know that. And we know that. So again, we're proud to stand with you. We're proud to be out here with you. And you say it after me. I'll say union. You say power. Union. Power. Union. Power. Let's switch it. Power. Union. union. Power. Union. union. Solidarity for yeah. you. Thank you. 60,000 tons every single day. And they're wanting to cut the crew on those trains so that they can make more profit. What does that train do to the communities that go through there? It blocks the crossings forever. It literally severs communities and publics. And where the housings and neighborhoods are, people are blocked off forever. 
if something happens to that train and we all know something's going to happen to that train because we've all been out there as railroaders we know that the trains do not operate safely every single day there is always something that's going to happen that's going to throw us off the course or throw us off the ball that's why two people are important but if that train does stop and it stops on crossings who cuts the crossing so the people can go through the conductor the very first person they're trying to take off the train and put into a vehicle they're going to expose you to more traffic more congestion on the highway to weather they're going to increase your odds of risk in a car versus a train a train is a thousand times percent safer than a vehicle but they want to risk you so they can make another dime tomorrow that hearing takes place that's why we march today we march because of psr we march because of two-person crews we are tired of taking it every single day from these railroads and cutting us off in quality of life dignity and respect is what we demand it's what we're going to get it we're going to stay here as long as we have to stay here now literally capitol police will kick us out but we're going to keep fighting and we're going to keep fighting we are not going away rail labor has just woke up from a long sleep and i swear to god we are not going anywhere we're going to get louder we're going to get stronger and we're going to kick their freaking teeth in here we go thank you brother jared i work closely with brother jared he works tirelessly on this i want to add to uh, our conversation on precision scheduled railroading but first i'd be remiss if i didn't thank people like congressman boom if we didn't thank people like congresswoman bush who were two of the people who stood up for us saying we will not pass anything without work days sick days for railroad workers we have Saul from Congresswoman Bush's office back here, Congressman Bowman. We heard from Congressman Garcia, Chairman Payne, all of these people who had our backs because they know what it's about. And they know we cannot perform our jobs correctly if we're sick. And right now with PSR, it's hard to perform our jobs when we are well. As Jared said, we're stretched, banjo string tight. Actually tighter than a banjo string. We are below a skeleton crew. So what does that do to us? It frightens us because sometimes to be able to get the rigorous testing and inspections done that the FRA requires, it's impossible for us to get them done and do them as prescribed in the regulations. So we fear that out of fear of being disciplined or just being sick at work you don't perform your best our members are not able to do those tests and inspections properly which endangers every one of our members here it the train crews we have somebody who's tired makes us makes a mistake maybe they get a bad signal causes something bad to happen it endangers our bmw ego maintenance away they rely on those signals being safe as they're out there everything everything that moves on those tracks that is governed by a signal we have to be at our best to make sure those signals are operating properly i want to thank jared and smart for organizing this uh blet and bmw ebrs we are going to be here to the end we are going to be at the forefront of this fight and thank everybody for coming out here. This is a very important cause, and we are going to win. What do we want? Sixty! When do we want it? Now! How are you, sir? Can you tell me your name and, and your job and why you're out here today? Uh, my name's Jim Carnes. I'm from Lodge 3005 out of Perryville, Maryland. I'm out here to try and help these, my brothers in the union to get sick leave. 
I used to be an auto worker for 14 years before I came here. When I first came to the railroad, I thought I hit the lottery. My plan shut down. I came here, and then I started. As I started to work, I realized there's no sick leave, no sick days for guys who work in the, in the rain, the snow, 24/7. It's ridiculous. I'm here to help these guys fight, help, help my brothers fight to try and get what's basic human right. Sick days and good quality health care. You work on a railroad yourself, though? I do work for a railroad. You're a, you're a driver? No, sir. I'm what do they call them? Conductors? I'm an M&W repairman. I fix the equipment that helps fix the railroad. Okay. Out of a, out of a yard? Yes. Okay. So you don't travel. You go no, in I and... Do. I do travel. Oh, you do? Yes, sir. From Lorton to uh, Austin. Okay. And... Uh, in the Harris, up to Harrisburg. So you're brought in by train to fix issues, and uh, my, uh, my, one of my biggest things is the way that Amtrak itself or the railroad, how they uh, they collect data as far as injuries, and they, you know, they almost get injured. Of course not. But um, my question is, is who's keeping track of how many hours are worked before the injury happened? How many days did this guy work before he had, you know, the mind slip and actually hurt himself or hurt another brother? How many, how many days did he have without sufficient sleep? And then when we do work overtime, we get eight hours off the clock, they say. Well, yeah, a human body needs eight hours of sleep, not just eight hours of not driving a vehicle to get somewhere to fix a piece of equipment. Eight hours off the clock, I might have to drive back to my headquarters. It might be an hour away. So that eight hours, now it's back to six into five. How many hours of sleep do I really get before I have to return back to work to make sure that we get the railroad running and keep equipment running? Yeah. That's brutal. And, of course, as we heard today, people that have followed the industry know they've been one of your main demands is two, two men on each train, right. implying that many trains do have only one, right. one conductor, right, driving the train. As far as I'm aware, yes. Which is inherently unsafe, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. They have cameras, they have cameras in the trains to keep an eye on the guy to make sure that he's doing his job, but they don't have a set of hands on to help the man if there is a problem. What's up, what's up, what's up? How y'all doing? What do we want? When do we want it? Now! What do we want? Right. That ain't right! 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 That
that is bullshit. Oh, yeah. So as long as I am in Congress with many of my colleagues, like Congressman Andy Levin, let's give him a shout out. Worker organizer for his entire life. As long as I am here and many of us are here, we got your back. We stand shoulder to shoulder with you. We will fight with you and we will organize with you. And at the end of all this organizing, guess what? We will win. Do you believe it? Yeah. Do you feel it? Yeah. Are you with us? Yeah. It's my pleasure to be with you. Let's continue to work, continue to organize, and we will win. Thank you all so much. That was Representative Jamal Bowman of New York State. And before that, on-the-ground contributor Thomas O'Rourke interviewing a worker at the Rail Solidarity Rally, December 13th on Capitol Hill. This is On the Ground. Stay with us for more voices from the rally, beginning with Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. I woke up this morning, y'all. The sun was shining oh so brightly. I thought about how good this life is back in the day. It wasn't always like this. I think about the things we done been through. I think about the place that I come from. It wasn't always easy. So every day I'm thinking God for the beautiful people everywhere I go. I just need to see your smiling faces at my show. And when you're feeling real love from the family, every day is a gift, y'all. That's all I need.
you know, not all my colleagues believe this, but the right to strike, I believe, is the single most powerful and powerful tool for our workers right. to fight injustice and, yes, to fight corporate greed in our country. Yeah. Yeah. As you all know, I joined several of my colleagues in offering an amendment that would ensure that world workers will receive paid sick leave, sick days, and that they deserve and are demanding. I was proud to vote for this inclusion, but we went a little further. I want you to know that we have led a letter last week with Senator Bernie Sanders with 70 of my colleagues calling on President Biden to use his executive action to deliver the paid sick days that rail workers deserve. Yeah. I know you all know this, but it's disgraceful that 43 senators with unlimited paid sick leave voted against providing decency of even seven days of paid sick leave for our rail workers. Yes, that's right. You guys know the rail industry made record-breaking profits, $20 billion. I think one of them, didn't one of them just give out big shareholder payouts? Yes. These companies must agree to put health of their employees, the workers, the people that make the money for them. Rail workers deserve the dignity of decent working conditions, y'all. Paid sick days comes with that. We must recognize the basic human dignity of every worker. You know, I took on this fight when I read about a story of a rail worker who decided not to go to that doctor's appointment because he was scheduled to come to work. And I think on the job on that day, he had a heart attack and died. That's not the way to support workers. That is not the way that we sit there and say that we stand for working families and American values and we allow people to go to work sick, to, to miss doctor's appointments, to not be able to be there for their families. I don't know about you all, but you know how I many folks, you can't plan a funeral. You can't plan these days off. We know that. But these paid sick days are essential. It is human dignity. It's saying if you got that fever, if you're sick, you're not doing well, stay home, take care of yourself. Come back when you're ready. Seven days ain't nothing, y'all. Nothing. Right. That's right. I think they asked for more. They couldn't even roll for one. That's right. So know this. We cannot allow corporate greed to become the disease it is already and continue to kill workers and our families. We already see it in the healthcare system. We can't allow it to be in this industry as well, especially, especially when they took your right to strike away. Yeah. Yeah. So no, you always have a fighter and an ally in the United States Congress. Keep this up. You give credibility for members like myself and others who said enough. Corporations should not have this much power over the People's Congress. No industry should have this amount of power. You all matter and you're important. And we got to show it with our votes. Thank you so much. Right here at Benning Yard, Southeast D.C., less than three miles away from this capital. On Easter Sunday, I had to walk through a crime scene twice. Twice, a fresh crime scene that didn't even have the tape up. The body was still there. It finally affected me. This is the third body I found at my terminal. And I had to take time off. But that company couldn't allow me to take time off. I had to go ahead and just leave the job. I tied my train down and said, I have to go get some help. I called our employee assistance program. They were no help. They said they can't do anything for us. The very next day that I came back, I had a letter charging me with a serious offense that said you are going to be terminated if it goes against you. But we can't afford to go ahead and have you terminated right now and you need to still listen on this list. So I took that moment and I put it together for the Surface Transportation Board and I put it as a testimony. 
I put it as my testimony of what I have to deal with. That I am so important that they want to fire me, but they can't afford to fire me. And that's what we deal with every day. I have delivered coal for this capital to make sure that the light stayed on so they could appease the coal miners that are still on strike for 610 plus days there in McCullough, Alabama. And they still look at our workforce with only 10% of the workforce being organized labor. 12.5 million people in the United States are organized labor and they are always trying to crush us. And why is that, you might ask? It's because we are an effective threat to what they can go ahead and make for profit. We stand up for people that can't be stand up for themselves, and we will do it every single day, and we will not rest until they completely crush us because they start the fights, and what do we do? Thank you. We got Secretary Treasurer of the Marine Engineers Beneficial Association showing solidarity with rail workers here, Roland Rexel. We're, just, we're proud to be here and stand with our brothers and sisters in rail. You know, what's going on, what's happened to you guys and the, over the six days of the time off is a shame, honestly. It's embarrassing that we're a first world country and we're treating our workers like third world citizens. That's right. We need to change that. We need to do something. And honestly, I'm glad we're here standing together and supporting our brothers and sisters and going forward. I don't want to keep it too long, but I'm really proud to be here with, with my partners in labor showing support for them. And we uh, we gotta stick together on this. Time to stay stay solid on this solidarity and and honestly, organization this is the way we beat them. So thank you, everybody. Is it important that since y'all are out here today, I know it's important to you, right? You must be taking time off or taking time away from your family or yourself. Is it important to to stand up for other unions and other struggles that that uh, other workers are dealing with? Yes, yeah, support is a big thing. Like being in a union or brother and sister, like which means a lot. Because they will do the same for us, and we exactly the same way that we're out here supporting them when our time comes and we want to fight for something for our union we want to change we want to save no one should have to sacrifice their health to be able to take care of their family no one should have to work when they're safe because they have to because they can't afford to to take that time off it's not fair to anyone So Nick Torres, right? Yes. And where do you uh, where do you work? I worked in uh, Collinwood in Cleveland, Ohio, local 378. Okay. And what did you what was your role? What did you do? I was a freight train engineer on uh, CSX. It was a rail carrier. Um, and why are you out here today? Uh, I'm out here to show solidarity with the other rail unions and everyone else that's gonna um, be able to come out and, and show support for our paid sick leave and also for two-person crew and um, really just uh, to stand up to corporate greed and rail carriers and uh, stress the need for them to treat us like human beings because uh, a lot of, in a lot of ways the rail carriers and the railroads themselves just go too far. They treat us uh, pretty, pretty horrible. Were, have you been? How have you been treated on the job? With you know, when you're on the rail on the railway working with CSX. Well, um, paid sick leave would be important for me because I had uh, well, I have a chronic um, health condition, and sometimes I have flare-ups, and it's really rough being on the railroad. People don't understand uh, like what being in the operating cab of a locomotive does to you. It's not like riding on a commuter train or light rail. Um, a lot of times you're getting tossed around. Uh, the trackage now is worse than it's ever been because of PSR. They cut uh, 
our maintenance weight brothers, the, the trackage, it's, it's not taken care of like it used to be. Um, every little defect on the railroad, when you're in that cab of that locomotive, you feel it times 10. So um, it's not a good place to be if you have a spine issue getting tossed around in the cab of the locomotive. And what is PSR? I, you know, it's in the press a lot, and I, you know, I think if you read deep in it, you see. But just tell people, you know, sure. for listeners, what is PSR? All right, PSR, uh, Decision Scheduled Railroading. It's basically, um, it's a, a business model that came from a Canadian executive on one of the Canadian, Canadian Class Ones, and uh, it comes with a lot of slashing. So they cut. They started cutting even before the pandemic. Um, they kept at it. They cut too deep. They they tried to recall people back. People didn't feel they were being treated very well, so they didn't come back. But precision schedule railroading is basically cutting as much as you can to squeeze uh, every bit of profit that you can out of your uh, out of your industry. So train lengths got a lot larger. Um, jobs. Uh, assignments have fewer people on them. You may have had like a three-man uh, yard crew goes down to two, can go down to one when they use a remote pack to control the locomotive. Uh, the number of assignments are fewer. Trains get longer. That's not good for the crews. It's not good for the, the communities. You know, the railroad doesn't care that they have your crossing block for all day because the crew ran out of time. And, uh, you know, Gam Gam might need to get to the hospital. <laughs> and that might not be able to happen if there's a crossing block. So, um, you know, that's a lot of the downside of PSR. Doesn't sound safe either. I mean, from what you're saying, you know, it can maximize. I don't believe, I don't believe it maximizes safety in any shape, form, or fashion. You're basically, uh, you know, when you're running leaner, you are... Have fewer people in your work group. The people that are left are working far more. We work on call six days a week, so um, you know sometimes you might you might be just getting ready to go to bed and get called. Now you work all day. Then they, they cut so thin. As soon as you're rested, you're back out again, and that can happen for your string of your whole six, six days. So what do you end up doing on your one day off? You just sleep it all day. You don't get anything done, right? And so everybody out there is just, just walking zombies. It's not it's not safe. I mean, that's also, I just, this is a really good point, and I'll let you go in just a second, but that also sounds like a really good way to make sure that people don't organize or that people, you know, don't have enough energy to, you know, to really get out here and actually be here, but there's people here. Absolutely. They don't want, um, they don't want you involved in your labor organization. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll do anything they can to cause, you know, cause drama between um, the, the labor organization and the workforce. The, they definitely walk that fine line when it comes to what you can legally do, um, uh, you know, in, in regards to organizing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for talking with me today. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. What's your name? Bryce Jones. Bryce Jones. Uh, J Bryce, why are you out here today? I'm out here to support my union brothers and sisters who work in the rail transportation area of our, of our same union. You're in the same union? Yes. What do you do? Um, I'm a sheet metal apprentice, and I work around here in the D.C. area on the metro stations. So you work for, you work, you help build and maintain metro, uh, part of the metro system? Yeah, uh, mostly the 
elevators and escalators. That's what we're Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been doing it for a year now. Yeah. But I've been an apprentice for almost three years. Okay. Well, what do you, what do you think about the whole controversy about the, you think the railroad workers uh, should strike? You think if they struck, it would they'd win, as, as we've heard today? And obviously, if they did strike, they'd be defying some right. laws. What, would, do, what do you think of that whole situation? I would. I'd hope they wouldn't have to strike. That of course the not. Legislation would be passed regardless if, if they stroke a match. But if it doesn't, and they get they don't get a fair deal or bargaining agreement, that they should strike, even if there's laws that go against it and stuff like that. That's what strikes have always been. It's always been to get the message across because that's the only way that we can fight. Some people call it a slave labor act. If, if, if a union cannot strike and do it legally, but it has to do it illegally, it's almost like they're, right. they're slaves to uh, whatever is imposed on them. Right, exactly. Yeah. If, they don't, if they don't have their right to strike, then what's the point of having the, the union in the first place? And even if you're not in it, you still should be allowed to strike, like how all the Starbucks and stuff, they've been trying to unionize, but they keep getting laid off or the store gets shut down. It's, it's all part of the same... Workers' rights activism. Okay. Bryce, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for talking to me. Okay, bye-bye. That last voice you heard was Bryce Jones, sheet metal apprentice, speaking with on-the-ground contributor Thomas O'Rourke. Before that, interviews with workers by Breakthrough News producer Nicole Russell. And before that, Roland Rexa, secretary-treasurer of the Marine Engineers Beneficial Association and rail worker Johnny Walker. That group of voices from the December 13th Rail Solidarity Rally on Capitol Hill started with Rashida Tlaib of Michigan. This is On the Ground. Stay with us. Here in the last month of the year, I want to especially thank our Patreon supporters at patreon.com forward slash on the ground show for your support. If you would like to support the show, if you rely on it, love the show, but you haven't yet signed up, please go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com uh, forward slash on the ground show to sign up to be a subscriber for as little as $3 a month. You can also do a one-time donation there and donations there as well as on PayPal or any other way you give are all tax deductible. We are not-for-profit organization, totally grassroots, independent funded. I'm not paid by any station or Pacifica or anybody. And so we really do rely on your support to produce the show. And also people who do year end giving, again, your donations are tax deductible and um, you can go to the website on the org for all the ways you can give on PayPal, the address, if you want to send a check and, so just giving that push during December to uh, encourage everyone to support the show. I so appreciate it.
This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Averam. And now I'm joined by On the Ground contributor Thomas O'Rourke, who was on Capitol Hill Tuesday, December 13th, for that Rail Solidarity Day that we just heard voices from. Thank you for joining me to follow up, Thomas. Pleasure to be here with you, Esther. Thank you. Well, first, I assume that the lawmakers we heard speak, Pramila Jayapal, a few other people, Jamal Bowman, I assume that these are the lawmakers who actually voted for the amendment for the rail workers to get paid sick leave. And so I'm wondering, despite that solidarity and these Democrats mainly coming out, even though there was one Republican, I think, was there any pushback or murmurs that you heard about the fact that the amendment for six days was separated out from the original legislation in the first place, which gave Republicans and other more corporate friendly lawmakers the opportunity to squash their um, their right for sick days? Not that I heard, Esther. Most, uh, all the speakers were very uh, sort of enthusiastic and promising to fight both uh, the Congress people and the uh, and the union officials. The rank and file people that I spoke to who didn't necessarily speak uh, publicly were there to show support and solidarity for their brothers on the rail lines. Some of them are support or various, various different unions, uh, but none of them made any sort of critique of the intricacies of, uh, you know, the Democratic uh, Party strategy over this. Nor did anyone point out that, uh, you know, it was a Democratic president that signed the legislation, uh, you know, killing any strike uh, potential. No. no. Right. No mention of that. Right. Now, there are reports that this really what I think is just horrible, disgusting treatment of these workers will lead more of them to quit. And so there are there any updates on the sentiments of the workers around this? You know, we, we know that they say they're, they're willing to fight, but are some of them also ready to quit? That's hard to say. I think that's all, that's an individual thing. Uh, several of the rank and file uh, workers I spoke to, I asked if they, you know, imagine themselves retiring as railway men and they all said yes. Uh, that the pay was was good. It's just that the working conditions are uh, are very difficult, and sort of it's a, a question of individual uh, ability to endure. But certainly um, on the uh, sort of collective side, many of the the slogans I saw things like uh, "public safety is non-negotiable" and uh, uh, this so-called PSR precision scheduled railroading which is the the, the company's uh, phrase for their strategy, uh, literally should be re, uh, rephrased as people and safety are rejected. So, you know, they're very unhappy with with the current, uh, the current situation. Uh, there are many trains that w- operate with simply one human being on that train. So I saw a slogan saying, two on a crew, make it through. So many of these trains only have one person, which means they, you know, that person has a diabetic, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
attack or uh, any health issue. According to some, they, there are cameras that will alert the company that the, the crewman suddenly isn't doing his job, but uh, very little can do to, to help them or back them up uh, when it comes to their personal health and safety. Right. So, I mean, you point out in the interviews that the rail workers will not strike. And so what will happen next? And I'm, I'm kind of wanting to get your overall sense of how this labor, you know, dispute and this labor struggle really fits into the overall uh, picture for, for workers right now. We have a number of more service oriented workers like at Starbucks and, and Amazon and other workers, you know, at some of these big box stores going out on strike and, you know, making their voices heard in terms of labor conditions. So how do you think this, this action by the rail workers fits into that? Well, it's, it's clear from um, several speakers I spoke to, but also, you know, just our knowledge of the history, the Railway Labor Act of uh, the 19, of 1926, that, you know, the American, uh, the American government and the American ruling class has always seen rail as a strategic um, um, industry. Um, they consider it uh, vital to the operations of of, uh, of capitalism by supplying, uh, you know, uh, bringing in supplies to factories in so-called just-in-time uh, timing. Everyone knows that it's uh, been de- deemed illegal to strike, but of course, people don't realize that uh, there was all kinds of delays and and uh, you know government ploys to uh, to stave off this confrontation till the very end, and uh, that's when the government intervened and said it will be declared illegal. Uh, the workers are frustrated by that. They know they know a win- a strike could win. They know a strike would be powerful but they're not getting that much encouragement from their own leadership and uh, sort of being told they've, you know, must endure and sort of bank on the lobbying, the lobbying of uh, friends in uh, friends in high places on Capitol Hill to uh, to eventually get something close to what they're demanding now. Okay, well, we'll definitely keep covering this story here from D.C. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Esther.
Just like letter carriers, rail workers are essential workers. Throughout the pandemic, just like you, we came to work every day to keep our country moving. My members work long hours in extreme conditions, rain, snow, extreme temperatures. You do the same. Since 2015, the seven largest railroads have made record profits. I understand totaling nearly $150 billion. And in that same time frame since 2015, those same companies have cut tens of thousands of jobs and 30% of your workforce. Most rail workers don't have sick time. And I understand are also often denied the ability to use your personal time when you are sick. You should not be forced to work when you are sick. You should not have to choose between taking care of yourself and your family and keeping your job. Federal workers, including members of Congress, have sick leave, and you should too. All this is happening because of a business model that has prioritized greed over treating workers fairly. And ultimately, that business model is the underlying disease that is rotting this industry, and it's time for change. The 300,000 members of my union, the National Association of Letter Carriers, stand with you now, and we will do so every day until workers are treated fairly and give you the opportunity to provide the public service to America's railways. Brothers and sisters, we stand with you. We will fight with you. And when we stand together, when we fight, we win. Thank you. Thanks for letting me join you all today. I believe in transportation safety. Ultimately, this is what this is all about. So I take care of the workers and the people on the on right in our rail. So I just want to say thank you for what you do. We go back 150 years, roughly. The railroads and the railroad workers have been the backbone of this country, the economic backbone. And I appreciate that. My grandfather was a railroad engineer. Started in 1939. He did it for 50 years, or 40 years, excuse me. And one day in 1979, a switchman accidentally put him into a park train. And he was in a hospital for a couple of months, but he always told me how the union protected him. Right. And made sure they got all those benefits and was taken care of. That was his last train ride. So as a, I come from a railroad family. Yeah. My, my Hungarian side of my family are all, all the railroads. And uh, that's a part of my part of my DNA. Now when it comes to sick days, I like having them. Everybody likes having them. You should have them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so and it's part of being human. You should be able to, if you've got a cold or you got COVID, you should not have to worry about going to work and should be able to get paid for this. Secondly, when it comes to the two-man crew, I flew in the Air Force. I was in the Air Force for 30 years. We fly with a pilot and a co-pilot. If we have a single fighter F-16, we fly with two F-16s to support each other and make sure we have safety. It is about safety. So anyway, I was, I was proud to vote with you all last week and stand by you. Thank you very much. I'm going to hand it over to Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When I got interviewed, I got interviewed on a couple of the Sunday shows because I was, you know, the, the Republican out there saying we got to get this across the finish line. 
I'm the co-lead of the Pro Act, by the way, so this is not easy. This is not hard for me, I should say, at all. And that was the point I brought across. Take care of your people. As congre- as members of Congress, we got to take care of our staff. we got to make sure that they're spending time with their family, that if they're sick, that they get have time off to go to the doctor, that they, they need mental health days, that they take the mental health days, that they spend time with their families. Because at the end of the day, that makes them stronger, better employees. It's that simple. This is about supporting human beings. That's what it's about. So I will say this, and, and, and this has been the message that we've been sharing with all of our colleagues. There's so much bad messaging out there when it comes to a lot of these bills. So when they talked about a 22, 24% pay raise, it was kind of a, a, a fact that they left out that you hadn't get a, gotten a pay raise in three or four years. And most of it was retroactive, and only a small part of it, 10%, was going forward. They didn't mention the fact that your sick leave time is not on par with other, even other unions out there. So this is about fairness. This is about equity. And most importantly, it's about taking care of people. Because we all have a limited time on this planet. If you don't focus on taking care of your brothers and sisters and your coworkers, then what the heck are you doing, right? That's what we're about here. So listen, you have, I just want you to know, you have people like me and Don that will always make this bipartisan. And that's important. And we will do our part to try to grow our numbers here to make sure you're taken care of. Because at the end of the day, it's about taking care of people. And by the way, uh, you're easy people to take care of because you are salt of the earth human beings. You're our kind of people. So God bless you. Uh-huh. What do we want? The struggle you are fighting is not just within the rail industry. You are putting a spotlight on the fact that the billionaires in this country have never had it so good while workers in terms of wages and working conditions are falling further behind. So together, we're going to do our job in transforming this economy so that we create an economy and a government that works for all not just Warren Buffett and the other billionaires. Thank you all very much. And Senator Bernie Sanders will have the last word on today's show. He was speaking at the Rail Solidarity Rally on Capitol Hill on December 13th. Before him was Representative Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania, Representative Don Bacon of Nebraska, and Brian Renfro, Executive Vice President and President-Elect of the National Association of Letter Carriers. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital. We're on two dozen stations on the Pacifica Radio Network and on all your podcast platforms at On the Ground with Esther Ivarum. Our website and archive of all of our shows is onthegroundshow.org. In addition, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and I also link to every show on my Instagram page at Esther underscore Ivarum. That's I, V like Victor, E-R-E-M. Special thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon.com at On The Ground Show. The music we play this hour included Beautiful Life by DC's own Chuck Brown featuring Wale, Ella's Song by the Resistance Revival Chorus, and El Pueblo Unido Hamasara Vencido by Inti Elamani. Our theme music for the show is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Esther Averam. Until next time, take good care and keep raising 
your voice. Peace.